You know, the, every now and then, um, it's nice, obviously, for me to take a break from the pulpit, me preaching. Um, and so the last, you know, Landon's been filling in preaching. I was on vacation and um, went on the website, hit the podcast, listened to his message. I was so encouraged. You know, it's so good to know that when I step away, there's somebody to step up and to share the truth and God's truth. And it's incredible to have that. So we're very blessed and very thankful. And uh, next week, when we pick back up in Romans 8, this is where it gets really good in Romans 8. Not that it hasn't been good. It's been really good. But we're getting to a part that I just can't wait about what side God is on. You ever ask that question, if God's not on my side, or if I'm not on God's side, where would we be? Just wait till next week. But until next week, we're, we're blessed today to have a guest speaker. Um, we worked out a few months ago making contact with um, Aaron Kraft, just asking about his schedule. And I thought, hey, he's coming to the area. It'd be great. I love on Sunday mornings having the opportunity to give the mic to somebody else to come up and just share their story. And, you know, and I'm not expecting him to crack open the Bible and go through all these detailed outlines and talk Greek and Hebrew and just wow you with theological concepts, I've asked him to share his story. Because a lot of times, that's what we relate to. The story of another person and what God did in their life, and can God do that in my life? Maybe he's going to share something this morning that's going to encourage you. So I'm just praying that what he says is from God and that it's what you needed to hear today. And maybe it's something that you have a friend that needs to hear this today. And they're not here. So you'll just point them to the website and say, you've got to hear this. Click on this and this, this message. And there'll be a way, again, hopefully to encourage us to keep living in a way that honors God. So this morning, Aaron, would you come on up here, please? My father-in-law said, hey, when you stand next to Aaron, you know, you look at him on TV and he looks really short. But when you stand next to Aaron, you're going to feel a little bit shorter. And I was like, you're right. Um, not like you see on TV, um, but it's, you know, and I just want to say this before I give you the mic, I want to say thank you for being here and being a part of this and sharing your story and having your wife Amber here with us as well. Um, I just learned this before church, your two year anniversary is coming up Tuesday. It's awesome. And you're going to Italy to celebrate. That's, that's kind of, I'll let you share that later, but thank you for being here. Thanks. Appreciate it. Cool. Um, what's up? Uh, it's good to see all of you here. Uh, like you said, you know, my name's Aaron Kraft. I'm here with my wife, Amber, who's over there in the back. I like to embarrass her a little bit. So, um, hey. Um, yeah, uh, before I get going, I would just love to just open in prayer and uh, we can get going. So, <sighs> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today. Just thank you uh, for being here, uh, for allowing us to, to be in fellowship and with you, uh, to be able to worship you and to know you through your son, Jesus. I uh, just pray that you would continue to, to open hearts and open minds here today. Uh, may my words be yours, and uh, may they speak to, to those who need to be spoken to today, Lord. I uh, just thank you again for today. Uh, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cool. Uh, so like you said, my name's Aaron. I'm actually from Northwest Ohio. I grew up in Finley, just down the road. Uh, so anytime I get to come back to the 419, you know, it feels really good. Uh, I love, love seeing that on the phone. So uh, I went to Liberty Benton High School uh, and then went to Ohio State to play basketball. It was a while ago. I don't remember who said who did that, what her name was. It was a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, and then uh, since then I've, I've played professionally for 
about a year and a half, two years now. Um, and I just want to stand up here and, and just kind of tell you guys how God's worked in my life uh, to get me where I am today and even have me standing in front of you. Um, I apologize if you were at the event yesterday. This might sound semi-familiar, but you're tough. You can get through it, I promise. So uh, I grew up in a family with an older brother, a younger sister, and, and both my parents. Uh, my, my older brother is, is three years older, so I was always that, that little brother that wanted to hang out with him and his friends and, you know, stick my nose where it didn't belong and, and participate with him. Uh, and that was usually around sports, and I really enjoyed making him angry too, so annoying him was one of my favorite things. Um, my younger sister is, is two years younger than me, so, uh, and she's also a basketball player. So we really bonded over that and, and bonded over sports, and my brother and I really took it upon ourselves to make her a tough girl. If, if you will. You can take that as however you want. Um, we definitely take credit for that. Uh, my dad was a football and basketball coach growing up, uh, mostly football, so I spent a lot of time around high school, high school-aged guys. They would come over to the house, watch film, and I just remember growing up and wanting to be like those guys. It just looked like they had a ton of fun. They were eating free food. They were, you know, coming over. They were playing poker with, with pennies, and it, it just seemed like a blast. And and they were the guys to be in, in our hometown. Like they, they were the guys people looked up to. They had their name in the paper. And the, you know, that's what I grew up seeing and wanting to be like. And uh, my dad, along the way, definitely had a, a, a large impact on that. Uh, I, my mother is, is a little quieter. Um, she, she's an athlete in her own right in high school. She will tell you that she had a mean serve in volleyball. I've yet to see it, so I, I'm not sure if it's true. Um, she also... she, she uh, I think she threw in track as well. Um, so my entire family is really revolved around sports. Every day, uh, that's what we'd do. In our free time, we'd play wiffle ball and kickball and all that stuff together. Usually I would win to make my brother angry, and it was a good time. You know, life was good. Uh, I got to middle school and started realizing I was, you know, I was decent at playing sports. Uh, I played football and basketball and even ran track. I wasn't very good at track, so I quit that real soon. Um, but I started really realizing that, hey, like, I'm, you know, I, could, I could do this beyond high school. So from middle school into high school, I set out to want to be those high school kids that I saw my dad coaching. You know, I wanted to be that guy that had his name in the paper and everyone knew and recognized and, and said hello to and uh, just you know, have that persona about me. And uh, when I got to high school, I, I did. Uh, I, like I said, I went to Liberty Benton, so it's a smaller school don't have as many athletes, so I was able to start from freshman year all the way, you know, through senior year, and uh, it was awesome. I loved it. Um, football and basketball, was able to do both of those, and uh, had a lot of success. I was turning into that, that high school kid. Um, we lost, what did I say yesterday, nine, I lost nine games, four years of basketball, three years of football, um, lost one game at home in football, and that was my first game that I ever played. So from then on, I, hadn't, I didn't lose at home. Um, so we had this great dynasty thing going, and it was a ton of fun, and I loved it. Uh, along the way, I was you know, getting recognized by not only the community, but the district, the region, the state, winning those type of honors. And it was cool. You know, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm finally living this up. My mom's got stacks of newspapers with corny craft jokes on them, and he's crafty and all that stuff, you know. Like... 
I was loving it. We had this, and uh, I was, you know, really feeling good about it. And it wasn't only that, you know, in school, I, I wanted to, to be the best at school, too. And I got good grades. I sucked up to the teachers. Like, I, I did what I needed to do to do well. And you can, I'm a nerd. I'm fine with it. Like, it's cool. I can do a Rubik's Cube in a minute. It's, it is what it is, you know. I memorized pi to about 60 digits when I was in high school. Yeah, I did that. That's just, that's just kind of the, the thing I wanted. I wanted to have special things that people could recognize me by. And those were it. Um, and when I got to college, I became a performing monkey for every news station that wanted to ask. And it was weird. But so that, that's what I was. Uh, you know, I, I had a girlfriend uh, starting in junior year who is now my wife. So, yeah, all-American dream right there. Um, so I kind of had everything. You know, I was, I was living it up. I was doing great, and I was, I, was, I was enjoying it. But about junior year, I realized that I, I was going to be able to go and play basketball in college. And so I really started asking myself, you know, is this, is this really what I want to do? Um, is is what, all this success really making me happy and, and making me feel you know, worthy and satisfied? And the answer was no. Um, it, it really wasn't. I, I put up the stats. I played in big games. I, I played in state championship games. I didn't win any of them, but I was there. Um, played in big games throughout the regular season. Uh, did all that and, you know, did everything I possibly think I could in sports to, to you know, to feel satisfied. And uh, I'm here to tell you I wasn't. Um, and that's when I got worried because I was going to college to do this for four more years and was hoping we were going to do well. Um, you know, if I wasn't feeling satisfied with us doing well, what was I going to feel like if, you know, we were, weren't playing well or we were losing? So I was worried. I was worried about, you know, this lackluster life I was going to live and enjoy in this front and this, you know, this facade that I had put on for all these people to see. You know, all these people are recognizing me, thinking I have everything together and I'm this, you know, this great guy that's figured up, figured life out. And inside, I, I wasn't. I, I was nervous and I was worried and I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I didn't know, I didn't know where to turn. And, you know, God kind of started working in my life by the people he put in, he had put there. I had a best friend named Brett Pashley that I played football and basketball with. We were really close. Um, we talked a lot about our girlfriends, kind of how, what bothered us, really. I don't know if she's ever knew that, but we did that a lot. Um, not a lot, but we did it. <laughs> we definitely did it. He, he'd be the guy that would stay after we'd shoot together and we just had this great relationship, and, and one day, junior year, heading into senior year in the summer, he said, hey, I mean, there's this Bible study that I'm going to. It would be awesome if you would come. Uh, it, you know, there's going to be free food. There's going to be dessert. And I was like, dessert? Okay, I like this. But at first, you know, I, I was worried. You know, my, my, I grew up not going to church. Uh, my parents, we didn't talk about this. Like, we didn't talk about church. We didn't talk about God. We didn't have... Jesus conversations, uh, so I had, I had no idea. I had been to one church with a different friend, and I just went because I had stayed the night, and his dad made me. So I was like, okay, I'll go. So I, I had no idea what to expect, and I was kind of worried, like kind of what my parents would think, because I figured if it was important, and you know they you know they would have brought it up at some point. Um, so I just I was like, no, I'm good, man. Like, it's okay. I got something to do. Finally, the dessert and the dinner won me over, and I thought it'd be just something cool to do. And 
when I went, uh, it was led by a, a dad of someone in my grade, and I started seeing all these guys that I knew from my class that I was friends with, and I'm like, what? Why did you guys never, like, why didn't you bring this up? Like, this is the cool place to hang out, I guess. Um, and, and it was amazing. You know, we, we talked about real things. It, it, it showed me how much I just really didn't talk about um, with my family, with my other friends, even with, you know, my girlfriend. Like, we talked about life, you know, what it was like to, to be a man and, and to grow up. And, and we did talk about Jesus. Uh, and that was new to me. I was like, well, Jesus is, that's cool. I haven't really heard of him. I've heard the Ten Commandment thing, but Jesus, like, I don't know. And uh, so I was, in, I went, I kept going for the fellowship and being with these guys and the food. Um, but Jesus kept coming up over and over again. And it, it took, it didn't wrap, my mind didn't wrap around, you know, how, how why does that matter to me? Um, so I kept going and, and God kept working in my heart. And at around the same time, my girlfriend, uh, she, she did grow up going to church. So she finally invited me out. It's like, hey, you should come to church with me. It's a good time. So I was like, okay, you know, this, this could be fun. I was like, well, okay, where is it? What time? And, you know, it's just, you know, just downtown. It's really close, but it starts at 8 a.m. I got really loud right there. <laughs> Very emphasized, like 8 a.m. Like I was not going. I had to get up earlier than I did for school to get ready. No, that was a lie. I lied to you. I got up about, you know, 7 o'clock, eight, like ate food and just left. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, that's a joke. Now, you can tell me afterwards. So I, I dodged her longer than my friend. Um, finally, something clicked. Uh, and I remember being the most worried about, like, going to my parents and being like, you know, they're going to wonder where I'm going. And like, hey, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go to church. And like, I remember, like, being really kind of, like, ready to be defensive about, you know, I'm going to do this, and you can't stop me. Um, but they were cool about it. They said, okay, whatever, do your thing. So I came back, and I was usually back, and they were making breakfast, and everything went along like nothing happened. But when I got to church, the same thing, uh, Jesus came up. I was like, you know, there's, there's got to be something to this. This Jesus guy is, seems important. And, and that's when it really started to click as to why I was feeling the way I was in sports um, and moving forward and uh, why I was feeling that way. And I was feeling that way because that was never going to satisfy me. It was never going to make me feel as happy as I thought it should. Uh, as, as successful as I, I could have been, uh, as good of grades I, I, I could have got, it was never going to make me feel good inside as, as I thought. And that's because, you know, that, that, that stuff's not made to do that. And I slowly realized that, you know, that was, I was missing Jesus. I was missing a relationship with God through Jesus. And then all of a sudden it just clicked. I said, I need this. And I remember when I was growing up, I was going to a couple of events and just in this time. And I remember, you know, at the end they, they ask you like, hey, you know, if, if you want to, you've heard this about this. If you want to accept Jesus in your life, raise your hand. And I like did it like seven times. I was like, I'm in. Like, let's go. I don't know how many times I got to do it, but I want to do it. Um, realized that I, I, I got it covered. Jesus had me after the seventh. But, yeah. So, you know, I head into senior year with this new mentality, this new, this new just view on life and, you know, why, just a bigger purpose and reason as to why I, I work so hard and, and want to be successful and want to do well in school and want to talk to people and build relationships. And uh, 
went into the season. I didn't play football that year just so I could focus on basketball. And basketball season starts, and I'm playing great and loving it. And we end up losing early in the tournament. And it was tough, but the season was, was different than any other season before because I wasn't playing because I was striving after joy or striving after satisfaction. Um, I wanted to win, and I'm, I'm a competitive guy. I want to win everything I do, but my motivation was different, and uh, it was just a freeing experience. And So then I go to college, and I'm 19. As a basketball player, they get you out there early. So we went out in the summer. We went out in June. You're on campus by yourself, alone. I'm at Ohio State, so it's one of the biggest universities in the country. And I want to enjoy college. You know, I want, to, I want to be a college kid. I want to experience it, love it, and move forward. And, you know, God and that kind of stuff was there, but it wasn't. Um, so I, I thought to myself, no better way to jump into this lifestyle than to cling to an upperclassman that's kind of done it all and, and been there. And uh, for me, that guy was John Diebler. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he was a senior on the team when I was a freshman. Uh, he shot the ball really well. Did not play defense very well. We're friends, so I can say it. Um, he's gotten better, if you if you care. He, he's, he's getting better at playing defense. He can still shoot it. Um, so I, I went to campus, no joke, saying I want to follow him and do whatever he does. So I was really at the mercy of his life, his lifestyle, and who he hung out with. Um, and we did a lot. We played a lot of video games. Oftentimes, after practice, we would go to the grocery store together. He would buy the groceries. I would go home and cook the dinner, and we would eat together, and yeah, it was awesome. Sloppy Joes, and it was good. Good times. Um, played a lot of Call of Duty. That was good. Uh, but other than that, you know, I was like, okay, John, like, when do we go out? When do we hang out with other people? First week I'm on campus, John says, hey, I got this, uh, this thing I'm going to at 8 o'clock. It's right outside your dorm. Just come down. Say what's up. It's, it's cool, man. Um, so I was like, Yes, like my first college gathering party, I'm in. And when I got down there, it was uh, a Bible study. Um, yeah. I was like, wow, like this is cool. Not, I, didn't know if, I didn't know it was cool. I thought it was cool because I was like, John's the man. He goes to Bible study. The man in college goes to Bible study. Like that was the, he's like, I'm gonna, so I need to go to Bible study. Um, I went to that. I went to a men's group that met one, once a week. And I still had in my mind this idea that God is like this, this cosmic killjoy that doesn't want me to, to really have a lot of fun. He doesn't want me to, to enjoy life. He wants to, you know, tell me I can't do a bunch of stuff um, and keep me on this, you know, this straight, this, this narrow path. And this, this group of guys completely changed my mindset because these were guys that loved the Lord, wanted to lead godly lives, and were just having a blast doing it. I mean, it just completely blew my mind away. You know, we would get together, and they would just laugh and have fun. We'd play dodgeball and, and get in arguments and, and, you know, get in debates. But they, they, didn't have, they didn't have to do what the world was telling they had to do to have fun. And, and that's what I needed to see. Uh, so it was this model that I started to kind of try to build my life around uh, college. But as you get older... Uh, things get tougher, you know. You, I'm at I'm at I'm at Ohio State, and I'm playing well, and I'm getting recognized a lot for things, and it, it's just it's a challenge. Uh, 
you see yourself on ESPN, on SportsCenter. I was on top ten a couple times, mostly just because I throw the ball to guys that are on the top ten, but I, I count it. You know, it's I'm on there, so they say my name, Kraft to Thompson. Um, so, no, that happens, and, and I, I enjoy that. And people around campus are – they're really obvious. Like, if you ever see someone that, that's – I don't like to say famous, but, like, if you see someone that's recognizable, don't point at them. Don't do it. Don't, like – double taking is okay because it happens, but, like, don't, like, super stare at them because I see it. Like, I see all of it. Mostly my wife sees it, too, and then we laugh about it later. So, like, I mean, that happens on campus a ton. I'm sitting there trying to get my food, and people are pointing and staring and, like, looking around, like, just go say hello. Most of us are pretty cool, I think. Um, say hello and do that. So, like, that's going on. I'm building this, you know, okay, I'm, I'm kind of the man here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the media. I'm, you know, people know who I am. I'm on sports, and we're winning games. Uh, I didn't get outside the top ten in college until I was halfway through junior year. So for two and a half years, I thought, like, college basketball was easy and it was fun. Um, and, and, like, that's just how it was. And uh, so, you know, I'm dealing with that struggle. And what helped me with that, once again, God just continued to pour people into my life. And it was my roommates. I lived with a golfer, two basketball players, and then a muggle a.k.a. a non-athlete. <laughs> if you haven't seen Harry Potter, ask somebody, you'll figure it out. Um, and these guys just were there. Doing life with these guys was unbelievable. Um, we held each other accountable. Uh, we, we served each other. We encouraged each other. We lifted one each other up. And, and I needed them. I needed them to tell me what I needed to hear because so many people were telling me what I, what I wanted to hear. Uh, and these guys were, were there to to have fun with and, and, and live life. And we ate a lot of tacos together, and that blew up to unbelievable heights, uh, which was a great time. Uh, and, and it was just being with those guys and seeing other guys pursuing what I, you know, was pursuing in my life of I want to be, I want to live by God's standard and not the world's standard. And I want to honor my wife in all my life and everything that I do and, I just want to be a godly example for other people. Uh, to, to be able to, to live with other people was, was huge. And, you know, one of them was in my wedding, and uh, those are the guys I still talk to and, and want to hang out with when I come back in the summer. Um, so I feel pretty good. I graduate. Senior year didn't go great. Um, just wasn't fun. Uh, we went 10 and 10 in the Big Ten, so, you know, I'm really starting to question. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm not very good. And then after afterward, uh, some things happen that, that you don't expect to happen. I went undrafted. You really hope you get drafted. Undrafted, I go to summer league and I don't play, which is the first time that's ever happened. I'm sitting on the bench playing three minutes a game, saying, like, this is a joke. And it was for Philly, and Philly's awful. <laughs> so I was like, what is going on? Like, I can't even play for this team. Like, Then I go to training camp, um, have a good time. playing. I'm, I think I'm playing the best I've ever played. Shooting the ball well, great. I get cut at the end of the training camp. So now I'm really thinking, like, oh, I'm playing my best, and I, I can't make this team. I need to start thinking about what I need to do next. Uh, I start really feeling sorry for myself, start comparing myself to other people that are in better, in better situations, making more money than I am, that are getting a chance and an opportunity to play. And 
then I started playing like crap. Um, you know, I just was out there. I wasn't particip- I wasn't being who I was. I wasn't impacting the game at all, and it was it was not fun. And um, my wife and I, we were living in a hotel room, a one-room hotel room with a bed, and that was it. Uh, so, you know, life was, was coming at me fast. Um, enjoy school, kiddos. Enjoy it. If you're going to go back soon, enjoy it. Um, but God really kind of spoke through my teammates and, and helped me see, you know, God didn't make mistakes. I wasn't here as punishment. I wasn't here for anything else. You know, I was here for a reason, and uh, I started enjoying it. I started embracing the moment, embracing where I was, and started playing better. It's funny how it works. I uh, started playing free and, and after it, and uh, it was great. Um, but the journey continues. Uh, I'm, obviously, for me, the dream is still to play in the NBA, and I haven't had that opportunity yet. But God continues to open doors that I would never have opened before uh, and, and wanted to walk in, to be honest. Um, since we've been married, we haven't been anywhere longer than uh, five months at a time. Uh, we just continually move, and uh, our stuff is in about three different places back in Finley. Uh, so, you know, there's challenges there, and everything's just so unknown. Everything's month by month for us, and it's really teaching me how to trust and have faith in the plan that God has for me and not the plan that I think is best for me. And um, before I go, like you said, uh, I, I signed to play. We are going to Italy for our anniversary on Tuesday, but we're going because I'm playing there. Um, yeah, it had been really cool, but. Uh, so we actually leave tomorrow afternoon, um, and we're going to be there probably until May or June. I have not packed anything yet. It's going to work out. <laughs> She's packed pretty much, so I, I feel good about it. I'm just going to – I'll be good. Um, but as we go, uh, I'm continually reminded of, you know, God's, God's plan for our life and, and the unknown, and I really struggle with not knowing. I want to I have control. I want to – I want to have, you know, stepwise things that I need to do to accomplish to, to get where I need to go. And God's really taken that away from me. And uh, before I go, I've been talking to my friends and talking to some um, just mentors in my life. And a verse that comes to mind um, is Hebrews 2, verse 1. And it says, Therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Um, real quick, I had prepared like a little almost a sermon thing, kind of, and it was about Hebrews. It's like this actually worked out. Um, So the therefore, at the beginning of this verse, all of chapter 1 is talking about how qualified Jesus is to bring us salvation, to be God's son, to, he's a creator, he's, you know, he purifies us, he's in control, he's in charge. All of that is telling me how amazing Jesus is. And then he says, therefore, we must pay much closer attention to what we've heard lest we drift away. And for me, going to a new country that I haven't been to, I don't know how the people are going to be. I don't know what the organization is going to be like. Um, but this is just, it's speaking to me as, you know, I need to pay attention to what I've heard. And what I've heard is a great salvation through Jesus, uh, through Jesus Christ. Uh, I can't, I can't get away from it. I can't pay attention to it when I want to and, and, you know, adhere to it when it's easy for me. I need to pay as, 
pay as much attention to it as I can right now. Otherwise, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to drift away. And the, and the realization is drifting happens, right? Like drifting, drifting happens and it's dangerous because it goes unnoticed and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But in reality, as you drift and as you drift and as you drift, you get to a point where you never thought you would get to when you started. And for me, the analogy or the picture that I have in my mind is, you know, you're on a, a big lake. You're on Lake Erie. You don't have an anchor. You don't have oars. You don't have a sail. You don't have anything. You're going to drift. You're, you're in the water. The water's going to take you where it wants to take you. And it's the same thing in the world. Uh, you're in the world. The, the water of the world is going to take you where it wants to take you if you're not actively paying attention to what you're doing. So real quick, there are two two ways I can think of to avoid drifting. Number one is you have an anchor, right? So you put the anchor down, and it keeps you where you, need, where you want to be in the water. And for us, that anchor is Jesus. We have to be rooted and built up in Jesus, established in what he says, what he, what he calls us to do, and the promises that he has for us. So we need to be rooted and established in Jesus. Two, uh, you have a motor, you have a sail, you have oars, that you paddle towards something. You have an object of that you're going towards to avoid, you know, being drifted away by the waves. It can be hard because you have to go against the waves, or it can be pretty easy as you go with the stream. But for us, you know, as, as believers in, in God through Jesus, we have to actively paddle towards God in, in all that we do through his word, through worship, through prayer, through fellowship, through all of that. We can't just think it, we're going to get there when we get there. We have to actively pursue that. So my challenge to you guys is, one, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have that anchor in Jesus. Maybe you've, you're like me and you've never heard of Jesus before. Or you've never accepted him as Lord and Savior in your life. It's the best decision I've made uh, in my life, and it, it is what anchors me down and, and keeps me going in the right direction. So I want to encourage you guys to, to pursue that. Pursue that anchor. Pursue that anchor for your soul that can help you in any situation. Because the world is constantly changing and constantly telling you other things. But Jesus is constant. He is immutable, and he will always be there for us. And number two, uh, if you do have that anchor, let's paddle towards God. Let's do it together. Let's, this is like an unbelievable group of church. You guys can fellowship together, be together. Uh, just my two days here has been unbelievable hearing how you guys talk about God and, and how much you love him and love other people. So paddle towards him. Take the time to, to read your word and, and pray to God and, and do that. Um, and I'm going to do the same uh, when I get over there. I'm going to find a routine that I can get into that I can continue to paddle and paddle towards him because you know, that, that's the ultimate goal. Let's keep our eyes focused on him and, and move forward from there. So uh, thank you, guys. If it's okay with you, I would like to pray. And they're going to come up and sing, I believe, like a natural up here. I feel good. So... <laughs> Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we just, uh, I thank you. I thank you for your son, Jesus, and uh, what he means to us. I thank you for the message of great salvation that he speaks uh, to us each and every day, Father. I just pray that, that you would make him an anchor for, for my soul and for our souls here in this room. Uh, may you uh, just build him up in people's lives that don't know him, and, and may others come to know him more and more as the anchor of their soul. And, and may you encourage us and enable us to paddle towards you uh, and move towards you in our daily lives, uh, not only when it feels right and, and good to us, but 
in the times of struggle and hurt, Lord. Uh, may you be our, our focus and our gaze, and may we constantly move towards you. I uh, just thank you for today, and uh, thank you for your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.